It is so good to be back with you all. <laughs> um, I actually haven't seen most of you for a month, which is crazy. Uh, I went, <laughs> buenos noches. Um, so let's see. I was in uh, Brazil for, for, I was in Puerto Rico. It was a month ago. It was a month ago. It's, it's getting foggy now. Puerto Rico, uh, a month ago. And then, then I was here for the Jesus Awakening. Um, so I saw some of you there, but didn't really get to actually hug you or talk to you, most of, most of you. And then last week I uh, was um, in Seattle, actually Port Orchard, Washington, and um, had a great time. Um, I was both in uh, Puerto Rico and, uh, and in Seattle. I was speaking with Paul Young. He and I were speaking together um, at a couple of conferences, uh, many conferences. Um, it, was, it was great. Um, Paul and I had known each other a lot through the years, but it was the first time really that we ministered together. And then to do it back to back in two different parts of the world was pretty special. And um, yeah, we, we, our hearts are very similar and and it was really, um, what I'm realizing more and more, I'm going to share just a story or two uh, before I move into the message, but I'm realizing that um, the message that we carry of the goodness of God, the, the good news of the gospel, which is that, that God as a father is totally in love with his kids and um, not angry and disappointed and all those things, that news that seems pretty normal to you is actually pretty new news to most of the world. Um, the the religious world and the world that doesn't know Jesus at all. Um, they don't know about a good God. And so one of the things that, were, that really touched me, I went to, uh, Paul and I ministered at a, a, a church in, in Puerto Rico, and I got to talk to a young pastor afterwards, and he, um, as, as we talked, and I listened to his heart, and he, he, he thanked me. He said, thank you so much for coming. He said, we've just begun to hear voices like yours of people who are actually sharing uh, the truth that that God really loves His kids, that Jesus, you know, there's grace, there's um, you know, good things, and and it's not as grim as as uh, many of the those in the religious world would think it is. And He said, "Thank you." He said, "Where can I get more?" Like I'd already given him my book, Siempre Amado. Thanks, thanks to these two who. <laughs> Guillermo and Mercedes uh, translated my book, Always Loved, into Spanish. And uh, I'm telling I don't know how many people it's impacted now, but it's definitely into the thousands and, and growing, growing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's impacting leaders, which means it's going to change how they lead. It's going to change how they love people. So this young, young pastor was saying, thank you, where can I get more? And right then I realized, I mean, I, I was taken really into to kind of a vision. In other words, I was still standing there talking to him, but my spirit was also somewhere else at the same time. And, I was, and the Lord was showing me um, that I was, I was a brilliant uh, light, a brilliant point of light. But what he was showing me was that I was one of a million points of light that was making up these points, were making up a, little, a picture that was a huge wave that was cascading over the earth. And it was, it was bringing the love and the goodness of the Father. He, was, he wanted me to know that he's, he's always wanted to be known by his kids the way he really is. And he's so happy 
that I am one, one point of light. And I share this because um, all of us in this room, myself included, can get in this weird tension, if you will, of on the one hand, well, it's all about Jesus. It's really not about me. And, and uh, sometimes when we were, when our, I'm just going to speak for myself, if the times where my ego needed to be in the limelight, um, the Lord had to actually show me that wasn't, that wasn't what this was about at all. It was about, of course, it's about Jesus being, getting the attention, right? But, but that can also be twisted and flipped around where, well, I just won't do anything. I just won't say anything. doesn't really matter. No, it matters very much. What he was showing me, and I want to speak to all of you in this room, you are one of those million points of light. And your point of light is no less important or more important than any other point of light. Because it's not about title or position. or It's about your light. It's about the light of Christ in you. And because you are a good news bringer, meaning you're getting more and more of the good news, you actually have something to share that people are hungering for, deeply hungering for. So I just wanted to bless you with that and and to remind you of of who you are, what you carry, that you're extremely important in the kingdom of God. So let your light shine. That's what what Jesus said, right? He said, just don't hide it. It's really kind of simple. We we overcomplicate things. He's like, I put this brilliant light inside of you. It's me, Jesus. So don't 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 cover it. Just let it out there. So um, I also want to share with you. I I got this is kind of cool. I got a a letter from the governor of Puerto Rico. And um, the last couple, the first time I went, some pastor friends of mine took my book in Spanish, Siempre Amado, took it in, and it and it uh, made its way into the government offices of Puerto Rico and into the hands of Eduardo Rey, who has now become a really good friend of mine in the State Department. And he has got all kinds of other connections. And he just said, this message, everybody needs this. Everybody needs this. This is going to change change people and bring uh, hope to our nation, to our, our territory, to Puerto Rico. So um, so the governor, uh, Ricardo Navares, he um, wrote this letter. And the reason why I want to write it, uh, read it to you is because I was actually very encouraged by what he had to say. This is, again, someone in the, the highest position, really, in the, in the Puerto Rico uh, government. Thank you, uh, dear Pastor Locker. Thank you for the recent book you sent. It will certainly become an integral part of our library's collection here at La Fortaleza. I remain convinced that the task of governing could not be possible without the help of God and his good graces. It is he who inspires us and provides the guiding light to make the proper decisions for the benefit and the well-being of the people. Here in Puerto Rico, we have a saying in Spanish that goes, Con el toro, sin el nada. With him, everything. Without him, nothing. We shall continue with everything. Thanks again for your kind gesture. Many blessings to you and to your congregation. So I am extending the blessings of uh, the governor of Puerto Rico to you. God's... God is on the move, really, really. And, um, and the more we carry the good news, the more people want to hear it. That's what I keep finding out. Just doesn't, it doesn't get old. That's another way of saying it. just doesn't. <sighs> Yay. Okay. It's a lot more I could say, but I think I'm going to move on because I'm excited about tonight, about what we're going to um, talk about. Um, 
Tonight's message is the promised gift. And uh, that promised gift is, is Holy Spirit. This is the gift that was promised to us from the Father. This is the gift Jesus came to talk about. And then uh, a month ago, a month ago we started in the book of Acts. And we told you we were going to start working our way through the book of Acts. And then because we already had these other things planned the last three weeks, uh, we knew we weren't going to get back into it until a month later. But a month ago, I preached from Acts chapter 1. And uh, this is where Jesus, in a nutshell, he comes and says, this, he's already in his resurrected body. He's already gone to the cross. He's raised from the dead, but not ascended to the heaven yet. And he says to his followers, I'm, I want you to wait. You know, you think you're ready to go. Hold on. Wait for the promised Holy Spirit. You're going to need him. Uh, and when he comes, you are going to be empowered, and you're going to tell everybody about me. This is what's going to happen. This isn't an if. This is what's going to happen. So that was chapter 1, and here we are in chapter 2 now. And uh, this, is, this is the big day of Pentecost. Uh, Pentecost is what I would call the, the birthday uh, of the church. It's really where the church was birthed. And um, it was birthed with Holy Spirit's presence, with his power, and nothing has changed to this day. Like, it is still, we, everything we do is, is in the power of the Holy Spirit, is in, is in the, um, the joy of the Holy Spirit, is in the goodness of Holy Spirit living in us. So I want to actually show you a video um, from its, uh, the Bible Project. And um, these guys have done a really good job of just encapsula- encapsulating things in a very concise way. And um, this is going to help you to understand really quickly, give a quick review of uh, that, that the book of Acts is written by Luke. So it's like basically part two to his, his uh, gospel. And uh, it's going to remind you of what happened in Acts 1. And right about where we are, just after Acts 2, I'm going I'm to stop it right there. But uh, this will give you a really quick catch up here. The earliest accounts about Jesus of Nazareth, his life, death, and resurrection, was written by a man named Luke. We know it as the Gospel of Luke, but Luke continued the story in a second volume called the Book of Acts, and it's all about what Jesus continued to do after his resurrection. Acts begins with the disciples who are hanging out with Jesus, who's just come back to life, which is mind-blowing to imagine. And then for weeks, the risen Jesus kept teaching them about his upside-down kingdom, the new creation that he launched through his death and resurrection. This is exciting stuff, and the disciples are ready to go tell the world. But then Jesus tells them to wait and to stay in Jerusalem until they receive a new kind of power so they can be faithful witnesses to Jesus and his kingdom. Then he says that their mission is going to begin in Jerusalem, then move out to Judea and Samaria, and then from there out into the nations. It's like a roadmap for the whole book of Acts. Then the disciples saw Jesus enthroned as king of all creation. So the disciples wait, wondering when this power is going to come. And then comes the time of Pentecost. So this is an ancient Israelite festival during the early summer, and thousands and thousands of Jewish pilgrims would come back to Jerusalem from all over the world, all these different languages and cultures colliding in the city. And the disciples are together in a house, which is suddenly filled with rushing wind along with fire. 
fire splinters off into tongues of fire hovering over people's heads. What's this all about? Yeah, so Luke is tapping into a repeated Old Testament theme. When God's presence showed up similarly at Mount Sinai, he made a covenant with Israel and gave them the Ten Commandments. Then later, when God's glory came in a pillar of fire, it filled the tabernacle when he came to live among them. That was just one pillar of fire, not many. Exactly. Luke's making an important point here. This is God's personal temple presence, God's spirit that was foretold by Israel's prophets. And now it's come to take up residence in the new temple of Jesus' body, that is, his people. They've become little mobile temples where God now dwells. Come on. (laughs) That's incredible. And it's totally true. That's exactly what happened. So uh, I forgot to pray. I mean, I know everything we do is prayer, but I just want to say, Holy Spirit, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love your presence. We sang all about this. We sang about the authority that we have. We sang about being raised to new life, that this is our place. And uh, Father, thank you for the gift of Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you for coming and paying a price none of us could pay, but also for reminding us that you would, would baptize us, drench us, soak us in the power of Holy Spirit. Thank you. Take us to some really good places tonight. Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. That's just really good right there. Okay. So we're going to read uh, the first four verses of chapter 2. Um, and when the day of Pentecost was fully reached, this is from the source New Testament, by the way, a really great New Testament that, that um, stays really true to the Greek. Oh, it is chapter 2, I apologize. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully reached, they were all added together. This is all the followers that Jesus had talked to. Suddenly from heaven came a roaring noise like a violent, violent wind rushing along, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Tongues which were like fire appeared right in front of their eyes. These distributed themselves, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other supernaturally given languages as the Spirit began to act on them to make them speak. See, this is all Holy Spirit. This is all God's doing. It's not something we make up. This is not something we try to actually make happen. This is just what Jesus said was going to happen. Because because the new plan, the new covenant, is all God, Christ, Holy Spirit in us, through us. And this is exactly what happened. Now, we, we look at this, and we look back on it, and many of you have read this so many times. We lose the truly just the probably terrified, some terrified people in that room. I love the cartoon because at least it shows you, you know, this, it isn't like, oh, are the drapes blowing a little? I think maybe there's a, you know, a fan might be blowing in here. I mean, this thing took over and then all of a sudden to see flames and then, you know, these flames are on each head. I, I happen to believe that, um, you know, there are, there are many of you in this room that see in the spirit. You can see angels. You can see um, things like this, even though others cannot. I happen to f- believe this is seen, was seen by everybody. This was a, a we're, this is, no one's going to miss this one. Um, and, as, and as they did uh, light on their heads, it says they began to speak in other languages. 
Next week, we have a treat. Every week's a treat because Jesus is here. Next week, um, I've invited Pastor David Kim, who is the pastor of this, of this church uh, this, uh, that we use. Um, but he's going to come and talk about tongues, which is really the next ch- uh, paragraph after this right here. goes into more detail. Um, David is so sweethearted, and he is, he's just, every time I hear him talk about the gift and the, uh, of, of tongues, it's just special. And he actually has an attest, I wish I could tell his testimony, I would if he wasn't going to be here, but he's going to tell it next week. He has an amazing testimony of, of some cool things that happen through tongues. So that was just a teaser for next week, all right? So for t- today, what I want to say is we, we, we sometimes just go, oh yeah, you know, Pentecost, Holy Spirit came, cool, yeah. No, this was, this was mind-blowing, this was a, ga- a game changer of all game changers. And, uh, and it and it happens on the day of Pentecost. The word Pentecost, it means 50. Penta is 50. And so it, it happened 50 days after Passover. Um, everything God does is so orderly and on time. I'm going to talk about that again in a minute. Let me read this, though, in another translation. If you've never read The Voice, um, The Voice is a very interesting translation because it turns it into like a, almost like a screenplay, like you're getting involved in it. So let me just read it from that. This is the voice. Sorry, it still is Acts 2, 1 to 4. When the, Holy, when the Holy Day of Pentecost came 50 days after Passover, they were gathered together in one place. Picture yourself among the disciples. A sound roars from the sky without warning. The roar of a violent wind. And the whole house where you are gathered reverberates with the sound. And then a flame appears dividing into smaller flames and spreading from one person to the next. (laughs) Just like that. All the people present are filled with the Holy Spirit and begin speaking in languages they've never spoken as the Spirit empowers them. I want to share with you a picture. The first time I saw this, I think, was about 15 years ago. It came from... um, uh, from Iris Ministries from Mozambique. Ready for this? This is not a doctored photo. You, I'm just going to show you. You know what I love about this? It's, is, that, is that everyone is laughing, enjoying themselves, enjoying the Lord. It, it's, if we could all see, some of you do see much more in the Spirit. Even tonight, when we were so enjoying the Lord and enjoying, you know, enjoying his presence, if we could see everything in the colors and the sounds of heaven, we, we would be astounded. And we are going to see more and more. And one day we will see it all. Right now, the Bible says we see things in part. We see through a glass dimly, you know, uh, but we're going to see it in full. I just, I, I, I want to get you... I don't know, at least intrigued about what's really going on in the spirit realm. When we, when we worshiped earlier, we were, we were singing things about, about how we are raised with Christ, about how heaven has invaded us. And, and this, is, this is actually true, meaning um, heaven is not somewhere one day we will go to heaven. It is true. I, I am agreeing that heaven... 
uh, that God's plans for us in the next life are very real. There are, there are, when people uh, leave this body and they go, um, there is a very real place where there's life and, and, and Jesus and the river and the, you know, all the things we read about in Revelation. It's all there. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. What I'm saying is heaven is a whole lot closer than that. Heaven is not for someday. It's for right now. And, and there will come a time when we, when we do transfer from this, this uh, you know, body into more life. And we will, start, we will be suddenly in a, a thrust into a place where we see everything as it really is. But I'm also saying that, that heaven's right here. So it's, it's like if you could see it like, like dimensions on this way. And everything is on top of each other. So I'm sharing this with you because, because we're talking about Holy Spirit coming and empowering us. We're gonna, you're going to hear more about that tonight. We're going to invite Holy Spirit. For those of you who want to, we're going to invite him to just come and have his way. Just come and do whatever he wants here tonight in our hearts. <laughs> um, but, but also there's a, there's a purpose to it. And, the, and some of the purpose is very much for our own sakes. Like we need, we need to feel Holy Spirit, we need to, uh, there's things about our own self. We need, we need joy. We need peace. We need, you know, all the things we need. Holy Spirit brings that to us. But also, he comes for the sake of others. He comes, um, you know, this is why when we, when we uh, put our hand out and we pray for people, they get healed. It, it does happen. I, I'm, I don't have time to share this one, but we, we've already seen Holy Spirit coming like a fire. One of my favorite—I um, don't know—do I have a favorite? Okay, one of an awesome miracle story. Uh, I was I was praying for a man who was 80 years old and he was paralyzed for the last six years. He'd been in an automobile accident and his third, fourth, and fifth vertebrae were crushed, so he could not he could not move. Uh, he was in a wheelchair, and um, as I prayed for him, I said I said, "What would you like?" Just like Jesus asked, "What would you like?" He said, "I would like to walk." All right, Jesus. Started putting my hand on, on his neck, restore his his spinal cord, and um, as we began to pray, it wasn't very long. I mean, I'm already starting to sweat, and like meaning the heat was kind of turned up. I, uh, there was something going on in the spirit, is what I'm trying to say. The heat was being turned up, and after a while, I said, "What are you feeling?" And he said, "I feel fire going down my spine." I said, "Oh, this is a very good thing. <laughs> this is where you want to keep people calm, you know? Oh, this is good. This is good." And as we prayed, um, after, after about maybe five minutes, I said, why don't you try to do something you couldn't do? And he, and he moved his foot just like that, about, about an inch. I said, when's the last time you could do that? He said, six years ago. I said, okay. We kept praying. He kept feeling the fire. By this time, I'm sweating. I mean, it was, it was hot. I, there was something going on. There was, there was actually the fire of the Lord was was fusing his spinal cord back together. That's all. It's the only way I could figure out what was going on. I guess I don't need to figure it out. It just was happening. And um, after after another 10 minutes or so, he's raising his knee. After 15 minutes, he got up out of his wheelchair. Amazing. It's real. He's real. This is real. We need him. The Holy Spirit was never meant to be an option item, you know, any more than Jesus was. It's just not an option. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, their team, and we get, we get all of the team. We get everything. 
So there's three things I wanted to mention about um, this passage we just read that I think are real keys um, that, that sometimes we might overlook. One is there was obedience to Jesus going on here. Okay? He told them to wait. They had an option. They could have just taken off and done what they wanted. They, whatever. They, there's a lot of other things they could have done. They did not really know what they were waiting for. On this side, we look back and think, oh, they must have known this was coming. Right? <laughs> they knew that was coming. I don't think so. So, so, here, so here Jesus says, you need to wait. And they do. Um, there's a lot of different ways in which, which uh, Jesus calls us to obedience. And, we, um, and I just want to make it clear. We, we don't obey Jesus in order to be right with God. Jesus has already taken care of that for us on the cross. We are right with God because of what Jesus has done. It's a huge shift that you, if you don't know that yet, you've got to get that. Otherwise, it's always going to go back to your performance and how you think you're doing. And, uh, and if, if, you, if you're not doing so well, meaning you're making, you're making some mistakes as far as uh, choices you're making that are hurting yourself and others, you're going to think that, that somehow, uh, A, God doesn't love you, and B, you're, you're somehow out of his graces. That's not true. Jesus took care of all that for you. However, there's great blessing that comes with obedience, and we obey because we're so in love with this one who's done everything for us. And we obey because we actually trust him. We trust him. This is why we obey because he has this, he begins to have this long track record with us in our history. And we see that, oh, wow, he wanted me to do this because he really loves me. And we start to trust him. So I'm, I'm just saying obedience, we are not earning something with obedience. I want to make that really clear. Some people, you could even take what I just said and say, well, if I'm obedient enough, then maybe I can experience more of the Holy Spirit. No, we make it way too complicated. We experience Holy Spirit because he's given as a gift. Done. But I just want to let you know, obedience is part, it's part, very much part of, of our walk with Jesus. Big part of it. Here's another one. So obedience is one. Another one is family. A shared experience. Here's a, you know, a family around a campfire. Um, Acts 2.1 says they were all together. There's a lot of ways that God could have shown up at this time. What Holy Spirit could have showed up could have happened in a bunch of little prayer closets, everyone at, at their own house, and then later on they go share stories and realize they all have the same encounter. That's possible. But you understand, Father, our dad, is a family family man, and family God, he, he, family is his thing, always been his thing. So there's something special that happens when we come together as a family. So I have, I have encounters with the Lord individually that are pretty special, I wouldn't trade that for anything. I love those times. But I'm telling you, there's something, there's encounters I've had with, with you all in the times we've been together and in many other places where I've been with followers of Jesus that are so incredibly special. But you know why? Because it's not only the encounter I'm having, but it's the encounter, you know, Matt is having and Mary Jo's having. And it all just kind of gets added together, you know, Wanda and it, it all starts to add, add to each other the richness of what God is doing. So there's, he wants us together. So I don't think there was any coincidence at all that it happens when they're all together. And then a third thing I want to tell you is that 
is that this, uh, the Holy Spirit's outpouring was all about God's timing. It says, when the day of Pentecost was fully reached, there is something about that, about that time, the fullness of time. That Pentecost, I mentioned 50 days after uh, Passover. It's also, Pentecost is also called the Festival of Weeks because it's seven weeks from Passover to Shavuot is actually the name of the Jewish holiday that now that we, that we call uh, Pentecost. And Shavuot was also the Feast of Harvest. No coincidence at all. Of the Harvest Festival, a Thanksgiving festival. So because we're given the gift, but now what happens in the book of Acts, from Acts chapter 2, verse, verses 1 to 4, Holy Spirit shows up, and then read what happens. They change an entire region, starting with Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth, and it's still going today. Harvest. Holy Spirit's into harvest, big time. And, and here's, here's another one. So Shavuot, which again is a Jewish uh, celebration that's been there, you know, long, long time. Shavuot was the day when Moses received the Ten Commandments. Did you know that? Interesting, isn't it? See, what God does, he, he's restoring all things, and his timing is perfect. He's restoring all things in your lives. All the things that you think were, were so destroyed or whatever that, you know, how, how, how is he going to make anything of your life? Guaranteed, he is restoring your life. And his timing is impeccable. He knows exactly what he's doing. So here's Moses. He gets the laws on Shavuot. Why is that important? Well, because, because as, you, as you well know, the new covenant replaced the covenant of the law. In other words, at the very same time, God says, yeah, that, that covenant, uh, Jesus came to fulfill the law. So again, he's not, God's not saying the law is bad, but he's saying Jesus fulfilled that. It, it will never be about you trying to do the right things or do enough on your own. Instead, Holy Spirit comes on the very same day to say, here, this establishes a new covenant, God's spirit in you, doing in you, for you, through you, what you could not do. That is the gospel. That's the gospel. Yay! And so, you have Holy Spirit. Now understand, Holy Spirit is not actually a flame. Or a dove. Or water or wind. These are all things that, that are symbolic and represent different aspects of who Holy Spirit is. So yeah, Holy Spirit's fiery for sure. I just told you a story where this person feels the fire and is instantly healed. So yeah, all these things work. They're all images, but God who is uh, you know, beyond our mind's ability to understand, symbols are used all the time. We know, we know that the Father, uh, God, is not actually a rock, for example, or a strong tower, for example, or a mother hen, or a woman who's looking for a lost coin. 
I could go on and on and on and on and on. But these all help us to get a picture, a grasp of this, of this God who otherwise is so, so good and so beyond us, we would not be able to, to really enter in. And God wants to be found. So that's why images and symbolism is so good. It helps us to find aspects of who God is. I just wanted to explain that to you because, because uh, otherwise, you know, it could be a little confusing. All of a sudden, we're thinking of the Holy Spirit as an element. When actually Holy Spirit, God, God the Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit have all been with each other for all of eternity, loving each other. And this is where you come in because, because we, have, we have God as a Father, as Jesus, as Holy Spirit, um, forever eternally loving each other and saying, this is so good, we got to get some others in on this. We cannot just keep this to ourselves. This is what love always does. Love has to find more expression. We've got to find, we've got to, we will create, we will create in order to love. So I want to tell you, if you're sitting here tonight and you're wondering what your purpose in life is, your number one purpose in life is to be loved. Because that's what you were made for. Do you see how we overcomplicate things? Have I done enough for God today? How's that working for you? Have you done enough? How about, how about am I, can, I, can I be more like a child? A child who's in a safe home doesn't wonder if they should be loved. Do you understand? They just, they're just going to run up to mommy and daddy. This is just what happens. And, uh, and so I'm saying we have a father who is so safe. And he says, come here. Let me love you. And he actually gives us a gift, Holy Spirit, who actually is also a nurturer, a comforter. The very things we're longing for. Right? This is who Holy Spirit is. So Holy Spirit's given to us as a gift. I want to I share with you a little bit of my story. And then I'm going to call up someone else to share her story. Because I feel like when, I think when you hear stories, um, stories are an invitation. Um, they're an invitation for you to, in a sense, to make you aware, but also intrigued and wondering about what, what more you might be able to experience, right? But also, I want to say with stories that um, even though they're an invitation, your story is going to always be different than mine. There might be certain elements that are similar, but there's going to be a difference because we're all unique children, and God knows how to um, interact with each one of his children in a way that's going to bring us most to life, okay? So, um, therefore, because one of the things that happens when you hear stories, sometimes you can think, well, how come that hasn't happened to me? You know, what's wrong with me? The answer is absolutely nothing. Nothing is wrong with you. So, um, so remember, this is a gift. And while, while the disciples were waiting, uh, they, Jesus told them to wait. Day of Pentecost comes. We um, don't need to wait as if Holy Spirit isn't around because Holy Spirit's always around. We're not waiting for that anymore. I understand there's still a, a progression. I understand we all are in the middle of a story a progression of knowing God as our Father, knowing Jesus deeper, and knowing the Holy Spirit more. So I, I understand that.
But I'm saying we don't need to wait as though Holy Spirit isn't actually here and available. All right? So just a little bit of my story is um, I received Jesus when I was in junior high. And, um, but I didn't know anything. The, the tradition I came from, the church I came from, I didn't know anything about Holy Spirit. It wasn't really talked about. Other than, other than sometimes in prayers we said Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That was about all I knew. And, um, and so it was much later in college that I actually um, really came back to Jesus in a much, in a much stronger way. Like I, I, I had um, really started to understand him as a friend. And, um, and that was all still good. But, but in that, where I, where I accepted, where I came back to Jesus in a strong way when I was in college, I, I was part of a different church tradition that really didn't believe that any of the the gifts of the Holy Spirit were for today. It was kind of like, well, that was all back then, and we just got to be the, you know, do the best we can, and one day we'll get to heaven and everything will be great, which is actually a true statement about heaven being great. However, the other part about that we can't experience more of Holy Spirit or gifts, you know, in this, in this life, um, I was taught all that. And, um, but then, you know, what happens? Te- teaching, we all have different kinds of teaching or different modes of understanding, but then what happens is experience starts to come in, meaning God starts encountering us, and there's only so long you can ignore encounters, you know, because they're real. And so, anyway, I went to seminary, fast forward, Suzanne and I get married, yay, yay us. (laughs) And uh, uh, went to seminary, and I I took this class, um, which was was taught by a, a charismatic group of Christians that came over from England. I didn't know that. I just thought I was taking a seminary class. And, uh, and it was on church growth. I thought, oh, okay, we're going to learn principles because that's what you learn, right? Principles. Well, that wasn't their, their intention was actually to introduce us to Holy Spirit because as we just saw, once Holy Spirit enters the scene, people start spreading the good news of Jesus and there's no stopping it. So that was their idea of church growth, which was a really good idea. I just didn't know yet that that's what they were going to teach. And so... So here I was, a good, you know, good, good kid who had my own traditions, and um, and then I'm 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 next to all these people who I had already known the previous quarter, so I knew them to be normal people. <laughs> so I thought, and then we were in this class, and they were this team was they had it was four hours every night for two weeks, it was a two week intensive, and so so you're talking, you know, immersion, immersion, immersion every night. And so long worship, like really long worship. What is that? Really long worship. And um, where you had lots of time. And I, and I love Jesus. And I lo- well, I love singing and stuff. And I was looking around. And the people around me were like crying. They were so in love. They were so in love and lost somewhere with Jesus. And I'm like, well, I, I love Jesus. How come, I'm, how come I'm not experiencing some of that? And then later on, they, they, would, they would like at times... They would be speaking in, t- in these weird languages, in tongues. I didn't, and, of course, I had been taught that wasn't for today. And, and then and, uh, they would prophesy and do all kinds of really unusual things. But I couldn't get over the passion they had. That was the thing that kept gripping me because I'm, I'm a fairly passionate guy. And I, I'm like, how come I'm not as passionate as they are? I, what is this? And so... 
at the end of that first week, I, I went up to the team and a couple of the team members after the class, and I said, I had a bunch of questions, especially about tongues, because, again, I'd been taught that was none of that was for today, so I had all kinds of questions. They were very gracious in answering them. But in the end, um, what I had said to the Lord was, I said, I said, God, if this is real, if Holy Spirit's real like this, of what I'm seeing, then I want it. If it's real. Because which one of us in here wants to be duped? Nobody does. Nobody does, right? So uh, th- this is partly what I want to say is be real with God. But I was real with them. I'm like, this is real. I want it. If not, mm-mm. So I talked to this, these team members, and um, they answer my questions, and they're saying, well, are you wants to pray for you to encounter Holy Spirit? I said, okay. So I had another friend with me, and uh, there were, so there were three of them praying around me. And as they began to pray, they just said, they just said, just praise God, you know, in, in your own, you know, in English. And I was just, you know, thank you, Jesus. I love you. I love you, Jesus. And uh, I probably felt about as much as I'm sounding like I right now. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I don't know what's going on yet, Jesus. Um, and then... And then it wasn't very long. It, I, I want to say within, I bet you, 30 seconds. Um, I, I think they were laying their hands on me. I don't really remember now. And, um, but I just began feeling this tingling, warmth, amazing sensation in my head and in my brain. And suddenly it just started working its way down my body. And, and I'm just like, whoa, 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 wow. This is so amazing. I'd never, ever, ever experienced anything like this in my life. And, and then it was just working its way through. And, and suddenly the peace was surreal. All of a sudden, I had no care. or could, I couldn't even have thought of a care in the world if I had had a long time to think about it. It was just gone. All cares were gone. And I was super happy, really, really joyful. And then, and then it just um, suddenly something also, even though it was working its way down this way, suddenly something else was working its way up this way. And it was suddenly, all of a sudden, I was really good. I'm just speaking in these tongues. And, and um, it, was, it was really beautiful. It lasted, I want to say, probably not very long, like probably about 60 seconds or two minutes. And, and part of that was me because I, because I was saying, Oh, wow, that was amazing. That was great. Okay, you know, kind of like, woo. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know yet. You could just, like, keep going if you want to. <laughs> but I, had, I did not know at all what to do with this because I had, this was not my tradition. I'm like, okay, this was amazing. What just happened? This was so good. I don't get it. I mean, that was, it was both. And so, and so um, I remember... The days that followed, I would just, I would, then I would go into my own room, just me and the Lord, and, but I would, I would kind of try to work up the emotions again, if you will, just worship. But, and, and God was so gracious to me. When I say working it up, I'm just being honest with you that it really isn't about working anything up. Like, that actually doesn't work. It's what we think we need to do, but we don't. But I was just a baby. I just experienced it one time. And I'm like, but I think God was just so gracious with me. He, he was just touching me anyway. Like, okay, you're working really hard for this son, but I'm just going to touch you anyway. <laughs> and, um, and so I would feel, you know, it's almost like a little baby, you know, that, 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 that tastes, you know, chocolate for the first time. And then all of a sudden goes, <laughs> I, want, I want more of that. That's what it felt like. I want more. I want more of that. Didn't know what to do with this. 
kind of put it up on a shelf for a while because because it really didn't have a place in the tradition I was in. So I'm going to stop here just to say I'm going to put a little tag on the end to say I had I had to learn over time that it wasn't just an encounter for encounter's sake, but that it actually was to live a life that's empowered to not just to heal, is true, to heal, but also to love, to love well. All the things that we want to do that Jesus said we would do, to forgive requires the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And so the more, yeah. <laughs> and so, so I, it took me time. It took a process, and God's so gracious with us. And he's like, I'm still here. haven't gone anywhere. And that's really what happened. Like a couple years later, it all just kind of reemerged. And like, whoa, I don't think I can put a lid on this anymore. <laughs> so, and then I, that's when I just started actually seeing all kinds of people being healed. Um, and just crazy, amazing things that I, for a good part of my life, I never knew was part of the journey. I never knew that was part of what I could experience. So that's a little bit of my story. Um, feel free later on if you've got specific questions for me later. I know we're going to pray some tonight. But I'm saying if later on tonight, some other time, you just want to ask me more, feel free. I'm happy to talk about my story and share more details. Um, but I wanted to ask if Diane Jung would come up and ask her to share a bit of her story. Hi, everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's okay. You don't have to take your stuff up. It's good stuff. You're going to leave it on here. <laughs> Hi. All right. Hi, I'm Diane. In case you don't know me, I've been married to Clayton for, what, 20, over 25 years, right, Clayton? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm here just to give you um, a little of my testimony about my encounter with the Holy Spirit as the person of the Holy Spirit. So uh, just a little bit of background on me is uh, my spiritual background was I was introduced to God in the Catholic Church. And in about, uh, I think it was about mm, junior high, I went to a free Methodist church and went to camp. And from there, I kind of understood more about having a friendship or personal relationship with Jesus there. Um, I've been to, um, and then, you know, in high school and college, I went to different churches, Baptist churches, and uh, non-denominational churches in my life. And um, I just want to say that even though they did not maybe understand or teach about the person of the Holy Spirit, God used them in my life because I don't think I would be here if it wasn't for those other churches. Okay? So I just want to honor those churches. Um, So anyway, um, in 1990, I got married to Clayton. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And um, what happened that year, you guys, was a very tough year, I have to admit. I got ill, I got very sick, and no, I was not allergic to my husband. <laughs> um, I got physically sick that I had to quit work, okay? I went to all kinds of doctors, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, and I think, I believe to this day, it was chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, pardon me. Am I good? Oh, good. Okay, I'm good. (laughs) And um, 
you know, it, it was hard because I was newly married. You know, I didn't have a job. I didn't know how to be a wife. I was going through an identity crisis, right? I, I didn't know who I was. And then we went, um, to top it off, we went to marriage counseling in our first year. You know? And um, in my world, I don't know about you guys, but in my world, marriage counseling meant there was something really wrong with you. Okay? Vulnerability was looked upon as a weakness. And so, you know, it was this added shame, right? But the good thing was I love counseling because what counseling did was it opened up my heart more to the vulnerability of being with Jesus more. And I believe that that's what actually started me, um, my heart tenderizing towards the Holy Spirit. Um, and one thing I, want, I was really dealing with was shame. I don't know if you guys know shame. But uh, if you opened up the dictionary and you looked up shame in the dictionary, my face would be there because that's what shame was to me. I was living it. In other words, mistakes in my life. If I made a mistake, instead of saying I made a mistake and going on, I would say I am a mistake. Does that make sense? Okay, so for me... I was living under a lot of this pressure, and I put it on myself, a lot of self-condemnation. And I think that that's, that stress added to me being emotionally fragile, and, I, and it manifested in my body. I truly believe that. So um, we, went to, we started going to another church, and this church had worship, like contemporary worship, and at that time, the Vineyard, do you guys know what the Vineyard Church is? Okay, the Vineyard Church was starting to come out with all these contemporary songs, and they were singing about Holy Spirit. And I would sing it, and I would start to feel really close to Jesus. And um, I could just start, I could just really bask in that. And then one day, this church had a seminar, and they had a workshop. And the pastor of this church invited his buddy that he knew from the seminary. And this buddy happened to be in a ministry called Desert Streams, which is from the Anaheim Vineyard. So he gets up and he talks, and I never heard anything like what he said. This person, the speaker was so vulnerable, just laid it out, all his weaknesses. But then in the end, he just, he just said, you know what? I just need Jesus. I just, I just really need Jesus. So I'm sitting there and thinking, wow, this guy, you know, I, something's striking me about him. And then he gets up, and he has this bottled water like your Evian and stuff, and he shakes it, and he says, okay, I, I just prayed over this, you know, and if you want to come up and have me pray over you, I'll just, you know, anoint you. And I'm thinking, oh, what what's this? You know, it's not, it doesn't compute. This is not in my, in my repertoire, right? But I start seeing other people go up. You know, I'm desperate, people. When you're desperate, right? And I, I wanted so much, I wanted so much to be healed. I, I just said, okay, I'm going to go up there. So I go up there, and the speaker says, this is really odd. I don't get pictures, but I'm getting a picture for you. And he says, I see you as a, um, a like a tree, and, you're, and it's growing, and it's blossoming. And then, he, and then he anointed me and prayed over me, and I went and sat down. The next day, all my symptoms were gone. Okay, but... Okay, they, they were gone for that day, okay? Because, again, you know, long story short, it was attached to emotional issues that I had. But for a day, it went, it went away. 
And then I said, something happened to me. There's got to be... So I started looking into healing, the the gift of healing. I've never been taught that, okay? I started looking into books. I I started going after it. I said, I'm desperate. I need, I need help. You know, God, you got to help me. The doctors can't help me. You know, I love doctors, but, you know, at this point, they did everything they could. So then we go to, um, we go to a wedding. <laughs> it's about 300 people. And we get seated next to a person. And his name is Eric. And guess where Eric goes? To the San Francisco Vineyard. So we struck up a conference. Yes, yes, Bill, your friend, Eric, yes. Um, we stuck, struck up a conversation, and, and he gets really excited because he knows that my husband and I are on this journey of seeking the Holy Spirit. So he invites us to his church. So we go to the church, and um, it's great. You know, they have worship and stuff, but there was, there was some weird stuff, you know, happening. Um, again, right? People, it's called manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you may not know that, but people were crying, people were laughing, people were yelling, people were shaking. And I was like, oh, dear Jesus, I hope I never do that. Dear Jesus, I hope I never do that, right? So, so yeah, you laugh now because you see me all do that now. Okay, but, um, but I, I could tell that the people were really in love. They were really in love with Jesus. And, what, and so then... Uh, a girl, so then a girlfriend and I, oh, okay, and by the way, um, the ther- my counselor had said, after a year and a half, he said, okay, I'm going to release you guys. And I'm like, what? What? You're releasing us? You know, and I was starting to feel really fragile. And then around that time was when we get introduced to Eric, my friend Eric. And we went on, I went on a journey with the Holy Spirit with a lot of inner healing. So in other words, the Holy Spirit became my counselor, right? And the best thing about it was it was free. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, so, my, so then um, some of us from my church, we started praying with each other, and we started experimenting, right? And then I'm reading tons of book, books on, on gifts of the Holy Spirit, I'm on this learning curve. I felt like I went from elementary school way up into, like, high school, right, that I skipped grades. I, I, I couldn't compute what was happening, all right? Then my girlfriend decided, hey, let's go to the Anaheim Vineyard, and let's go to a conference. And I said, oh, sure, sure, sure. It sounds exciting. So we go down there. And we're there for three days, and um, really intensive things were happening, but all good things, right? I'm, they're teaching a lot about the Holy Spirit, about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm having these encounters of people praying for me and reading my mail. And, and it was like four or five people throughout that three days, and they would read my mail, and I would say, how did you know that? And they'd say, oh, God told me. Every single person that prayed for me, now there were thousands of people there, was a pastor. Happened to be a pastor. On the last day, um, there was a speaker, and his name was Mahesh Shavda. And, um, and uh, he's this big, jolly guy, and he was great. And all of a sudden, I start hearing laughter. Laughter starting from somewhere, and it kept going. And my girlfriend and I thought we missed a joke. But, but it is so. But what it was was it something they call what the uh, holy laughter, the Holy Spirit, right? Holy laughter. 
I didn't know that. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And so I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm really losing it. You know, I, uh, what is this laughter? And so the Mahesh Shavda says, if you want baptism of the Holy Spirit, you stand up. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know, you know. But then I look at my girlfriend. I said, we didn't come here for anything, right? Let's stand up. So we stand up, and um, pastor's wife laid hands on me, and she just said, come, Holy Spirit. And I started speaking in tongues automatically. And it was like an electricity bolt came down me. And all of a sudden, I'm speaking in tongues, and I'm shaking so hard that if, I told this joke before, if you had put, if you put a, a milk in my hands, it would have became butter because I'm shaking so hard like this, you know. And I'm going, and then my girlfriend, the same thing happened to her. And then we looked at each other, and we kept going, it was, it was absolutely chaos. It was absolutely crazy. But, but what happened was I just, I just felt this explosion in my spirit. I cannot explain it because when the Holy Spirit meets you, you just really can't explain it, right? It's supernatural. It's supernatural. Okay, so then I come, I come back home, and then I start going, um, visiting other churches because, um, and it's not a knock on my church, but they just didn't know about the Holy Spirit. So I had to go find out from other churches, and this is why I appreciate other churches. So I start visiting other churches, and um, I started being obsessed with the Holy Spirit. I became the Holy Spirit stalker, you know? I... <laughs> I tell you, I was fascinated with the Holy Spirit. I was, I was devouring books. I was opening up my Bible. And when I opened up the Bible, things were popping out like 3D, okay? It was no longer one-dimensional. It was three-dimensional. I was having radical encounters. I was falling in love with Jesus. I, I couldn't stop you guys. I loved him more. I spent more time with him than my husband, you know? <laughs> um, it was this hunger. It was a never-ending hunger, okay? That's all I can tell you. So we would, I would go to these um, meetings, and in these meetings, the Holy Spirit was so thick, the presence would fall that we would, um, we would be touched, and we'd fall on the ground, and it's called carpet time, okay? I'm just telling you what happened to me. I'd be on the carpet for an hour with hundreds of people, hundreds of people, and I would be crying, I'd be laughing, I'd be shaking, I'd be doing, you know, really no, weird noises and stuff. But inside of me, I want to tell you what was happening. I was a broken person. And all I needed to do, as we had sang, was all I needed to do was worship him. All I needed to do was open my heart to the Holy Spirit. And my battle was being fought on this carpet and he came, and he entered my heart, and he went, and he did some major surgery and healing. And let me tell you, what would have taken me six months in counseling, in one hour, I got up, and I got healed of it. So, and I was just praising God. It was the supernatural power of God. And this went on for, for a long time. Yes, praise, praise, 
the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, what he did was he would come upon me and he would reveal the love of the Father to me and he would reveal Jesus to me and I was falling in love with Jesus again and I was, my heart was being so tenderized by it and all I said was, I want more of you, I want your love and I started to receive more of his love and I started to receive this, this healing and I started to open my, up my heart even more to God and then I started to love myself, you guys, because I didn't realize how much I didn't love myself because I was so full of shame. And the Lord says, you know, love your neighbors as yourself, right? Well, you can't love yourself. How can I love my neighbors if I can't love myself, right? And that's what started happening. I started to see people differently. I started to see my neighbors differently because I started to love myself. And yes, I started to get physically better, but it was a journey. But it was a journey with the Holy Spirit, Right. And he led me. And there was a time, I have to tell you, that when I was involved in all of this, it was, it was great. But there was a time when I was in conflict because um, I didn't have any theology to back this up. My heart was telling me to go forward. My spirit was telling me to pursue it. But my head was saying, eh, this is really weird. Do you really want to do this? You know, do you really want to pursue this? You have no background. The, the Holy Spirit, you know, was, was ceased in the book of Acts, and I, I was in a lot of, a lot of conflict, and I, you know, my husband, oh, God bless my husband, even though, even though, he was about six months behind me in things, but, but, but really, he saw the fruit, okay, he saw fruit, he didn't understand tongues, he didn't understand any of this, but what he said to me was, he said, you cannot stop this, you cannot, do not stop it, he said, because he saw the fruit, how much I was getting healed, how much I was loving other people, how much I didn't want to stop being with Jesus, you know. So then I, I pursued it. I, I continued to pursue it. But what happened was because I didn't have very many mentors, people at my church couldn't really help me, I, I had to learn to give up control to the Holy Spirit. I had to have him become my real guide. I had to have him become my counselor. I had to have him become my teacher. I didn't have anybody else, you guys. Um, so, you know, I wore this shirt. Somebody gave me. It says, fed up, you know. God, give God control. God delivers. And that's exactly what I had to learn to do in this journey. And when I gave that up and kept giving up more of, my con- of control, I realized the freedom I experienced was something I never, never experienced before. And the oneness and the, and the intertwining with God was just something I had never experienced before. And I, I'm, I, I'm telling you, it's been years and years and years, and I have not given up. Um, I still pursue him. So I just wanted to read a verse. It kind of sums up a little bit of my journey. It's in um, it's Psalms. It's Psalms 34, and it's about the goodness of God, right? And it says, listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Gaze upon him and join your life with his, and joy will come. Your face will glisten with glory. You'll never wear that shame face again. When I had nothing, desperate and defeated, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me, bringing his miracle deliverance when I needed it most. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, okay. Yeah, 
I asked Diane to stay here because we're going to... Um, I was seeing something. First of all, the scripture that... A scripture that came to mind as Diane was talking is, you will know a tree by its fruit. Okay? And so you should ask questions. You should ask, is this God or not? You know? But when you start to see a transformed life and peace come and joy come and healing come, that's called good fruit, then you know the tree is good. So... Um, I, this is what I want to ask. I just, I feel like we're going to have really special moments here with the Lord. So if there's, I saw earlier, well, we got a fire right there, but I saw like a, like a little campfire right here (laughs) and just, and I don't know, some of you seers in the room probably know more of what I'm seeing, but, but, um, I'm wanting to invite you if there's, we're just going to spend some time. We're going to try to, this is what I'm, what we're going to do. We're going to take the hype out of this. We're going to take trying to make something happen. We don't need to make anything happen. This is a gift, but I'm saying if there's something as we've been sharing tonight, if there's something in you that's saying, I would love to just come up here and be part of this campfire and see what God does as we ask for more of Holy Spirit, would you come up right now? You could just start joining around me, and standing. Wow. Or you can, you can sit if you want, but it doesn't matter. However, however you want to. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Wow. Earlier. <laughs> yeah, you can keep coming in. It's okay. Even... Come on in. You can, you can come right, step right into the fire. Right into the fire. You could, there you go. <laughs> earlier, wow, earlier, um, <laughs> yeah, he's very present. Um, it is very hot. Um, so earlier, Marilyn read from Psalm 145, uh, you, are, you are faithful to fulfill every promise you make. And so I want to remind you right now, for all of us, myself included, we're, we're not here trying to make something happen. We're saying, God, you promised Holy Spirit. Jesus, you said you would baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Wow. So right now, I, this, is, this is what I do often. I say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Just let, let him know, I need you. I want you. You're so wanted here, Holy Spirit. We so love your presence. We love who you are. And Jesus, it was the Father's promise that you came to fulfill. Wow. By dying on a cross for us. And we receive your forgiveness. Stephen, right now, just tell him, I receive your forgiveness. Receive it, Jesus. I receive your love. Wow. (laughs) And right now, Jesus, we are receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, would you come (laughs) and baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire? This is your promise. And again, I want to encourage all of you this. Whenever I have struggled, even like in worship, usually it's because my mind is, is going way too many places. I'm thinking about what am I doing wrong? What's separating me? And the answer is actually nothing. 
nothing is. And the, then when I go inward and I say, Jesus, you're right here. Holy Spirit, you're right here. And I'm touching my own chest right now. You're right here. That's, that's it. It's so, it's so simple. We overthink it. He says, I'm right here. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Holy Spirit. I want you. Yes. 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 Now we're going we're gonna to sing a song together. Notice that we, we don't need lights. We don't need smoke, you know, machines. We just, we are just coming as children and saying yes to what was promised. Whoa. And we're going to sing a song. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. But I want you, as you're singing this, this is what I want you to do. If you, is, if you feel like you want to do this, is just put, again, put like a finger kind of into your own heart, you know? Because you're saying, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, right here in my heart. Come and fill this place right in here and the atmosphere. <laughs> Holy 